We are continuing a sermon series in, in the Gospel of John that we've called Jesus Is. And our goal for this sermon series is just to let Jesus speak for himself. Our, our goal is to ask the question, who is Jesus? But then to let him answer the question. You know, a lot of people have opinions about who he is. A lot of people have thoughts about who he is. A lot of people really reject who Jesus said he was. And what we wanted to do is just let Christ speak for himself. And in the Gospel of John, he gives us um, a lot of I am statements, at least seven. And we're focusing in particular on a handful of those uh, over the last several weeks. And uh, today we are going to zoom in close on Jesus' claim to be where he said, I am the good shepherd. Where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. So if you'll find your place in John chapter 10... In the scriptures, let's read that together. And as we did earlier, as is our custom, would you stand in honor of God's word wherever you are and across the room in here, the the five or six of us, would you guys stand as well? John chapter 10, I want to read um, verses 7 through 18. I think we'll put those on the screen behind me if you can see that. Verses 7 through 18, it says, So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I know the good, I am the good shepherd, Jesus says. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them in also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes from me, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. Heavenly Father, this is your word to us. And so we pray now that you Uh, Help it to speak to us. Let it speak to our hearts. Change our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can uh, can be seated again. Uh, I know you're connecting with us online and through through technology, but I want to encourage you to participate as much as you can. Uh, So feel free to comment, ask questions in the comment section. We'll try to answer those. Uh, But feel free to connect and comment as much as you can. The first thing I want us to see from this text about Jesus as the good shepherd is, first, Jesus gives life. 
Jesus gives life. Uh, in John chapter 10, verses seven and 10, he actually says this, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So Jesus gives life. Jesus gives life. Um, there's a couple of things I wanna, I wanna say here. In this text, Jesus says, if anyone comes to me, he will be saved. What he's saying there is um, there's a real danger. There's a real danger. It's deadly, and you need to be saved. What, what is the danger? Well, first of all, there's the wrath of God against sin. And the Bible teaches that all of us have sinned and are separated from God, and we're, we're under his wrath, and we need to be saved from the wrath of God. Jesus came to save us from the wrath of God. That's first. But second, this text says that there's a real enemy, a thief who seeks to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And Jesus is to guard and protect and save us from this enemy. In this text, Jesus says, uh, he speaks to the intent of the enemy and the intent of the Savior. And here's what he says. He says, the intent of the thief is to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life. So here's where we get this main point. Jesus gives life. Now, I don't know if you know this. I didn't know this until this week that uh, the word life in the Greek New Testament is actually multiple different words. It's not just like what we read in English. Uh, in English, it just reads life. But in Greek, uh, there's several different words. One is bios. That's where we get our word for biology. And that's just life in general, things that are alive. There's another word, zoe, which is where we get our word zoology, which is like animal life, um, things that have breath. All right, and then there's a third word, and this is one's hard to pronounce, but it's psuke, and it's actually p s y or p s u k e, but it's where we get our word for psychology or uh, the psyche. So it's who you are, your soul, your person, your, who, the things that make you who you are. And Jesus uses multiple, or he uses different words for life in this text when he says. I have come that you may have life. He didn't use bios, that you may be alive in your body. He used the word zoe. I've come that you may have a quality of life. So when you think about the word zoe, Z-O-E, think about it this way. Um, imagine, if you will, that you've got your, uh, your toes in the sand and you're sitting under the umbrella at the beach and you're listening to the sound of the waves crashing in and uh, you're sipping on a cold drink and just soaking in the sun, and you look over at somebody next to you, and you go, mm, this is life. You don't mean I'm breathing. <laughs> what you mean is this is good. There's pleasure. There's a, this, this life right here is, is awesome. And that's what Jesus says when he says, I've come that they may have life. He's talking about quality of life, not just the fact that your heart beats and your lungs are breathing. He's talking about quality of life. So Jesus saves is the first thing. The second thing, we just alluded to it, Jesus satisfies. So when we talk about Jesus giving life, he says this, they may come in and out and find the green pasture. In and out and find green pasture. So sheep need pasture. They need the, the green grass to live, but it's not just about survival, it's about pleasure. 
Sheep that are constantly finding green pasture get fat and stay happy. And that's what Jesus is talking about. He says, you can come in, you can go out, and you're going to find pasture. I'm going to provide for you, not just enough to survive. I'm providing for you in a way that you're going to be satisfied. He's talking about pleasure. When we read about pasture here, it's not just survival, it's pleasure. In Psalm 16, verse 11, uh, the scriptures say that at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. So Jesus satisfies. I think about Jesus is our joy. Jesus is our joy. In these days, that needs to soak into who you are. When when all the other things around you that you look for joy are not there, you need to know that in Jesus, there is true joy that lasts and endures, fills you up and satisfies you completely. He's your joy. And then something else I love about this text is that Jesus is your access You know, before he says he's the good shepherd, he says, I am the door. And then I love how he says um, he will be saved and will go in and out. Will go in and out. Illustration came to my mind of when I was a child. um, We'd go visit my my grandparents down in South Alabama. And um, uh, we would never go in the front door of their house. For whatever reason, we'd just never go in the front door. We'd pull the cars around to the side on their little dirt driveway We'd get out and we'd go to the back porch. They had a screened-in back porch. And I can hear it right now, the sound of that screen door. When you pull it open, it was held by one of those long springs. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That long spring that goes, when you pull it open, you walk in and it kind of slams behind you, smack, you know. But the sound of that screen door was constant all day long with us grandkids because we were in and out, in and out, in and out. And it was, pow, pow. You could hear it doing that. Here's what I have in my mind. Jesus is your access in and out, and it's a familial kind of access. We're the grandbabies, right? We come in the back door. But do you know if a stranger came to visit my grandparents, they came and rang the doorbell. They knock on the front door, and they wait on somebody to come to the door, and whether or not they get in is is up for debate. But as family... We use that squeaky back door because we're welcomed in because we have access because we're family. And Jesus is your access. I want you to think about it that way as you go in and out and find green pasture. He's your joy. He's your access. So Jesus gives life, we see from this text. Not just breathing, heart-beating life, but real quality life. How does he do that? The second thing we see is Jesus gives his own life. Jesus gives his own life. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. John 10, 11. Let this sink in with you. The abundant life that Jesus gives comes to you because of his abandoned life that he gave. His his abandoned life is your abundant life. Jesus was the shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. Um, This is the trade he's talking about in the text. The shepherd dies so the sheep live. Notice the contrast in John 10 between the hired hand and and the shepherd. The hired hand does not own the sheep. 
The hired hand runs from danger. He sees the wolf coming and he runs to save his own skin. And he lets the sheep uh, fall, uh, lets the sheep be defenseless. Why? Jesus explains, because he cares nothing for the sheep. He's just there to collect his paycheck. And, and these sheep, these sheep are not worth dying for to him. He's a hired hand. But Jesus says, but I'm the good shepherd. And he says this, I know my sheep. I know them. Here's what he means. You belong to him first. I know my sheep. You belong to Christ and you're beloved by Christ. I know my sheep. Jesus loves you. Jesus didn't come here to collect a paycheck. He came here to rescue you. And me. And the only way to do that was to die in our place. I love what Jesus says at the end of this text in verse 17. He says, For this reason the Father loves me because I lay down my life. That word? Suke. I lay down my life, my soul, the, the, the deepest part of who I am. Everything that makes up me, I lay it all down so that you can have life, Zoe, abundant life. I'm laying all of me down so that you can have life. And then he says, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I was reading uh, in John, even this morning, uh, several passages where I'm just reminded about how Jesus had all authority. Even though people came to arrest him, he still had all authority. When they came to arrest him, they said, he said, who are you looking for? They said, we're looking for Jesus. And he said, I am. And check it out in John uh, 18. Everybody that came to arrest him with their weapons and torches, they all fell down flat. Just at his words, they fell down like dead men. They thought they had power, but he showed them he had authority. And after they stood back up, he said, that's, that's me. You're looking for me. You can take me now. They took him in, they arrested him, he stood with Pilate, and Pilate said, who are you? Are you the king of the Jews? Where'd you come from? And Jesus doesn't answer Pilate. And Pilate says to him, don't you know who I am? I have authority to either kill you or give you life. Oh, Jesus perked his ears up then. He said, mm, authority? You only have the authority my father has given you. Oh, there was no one taking this man's life. Jesus says, I lay it down. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up. Now listen to what he's saying there. He's saying, I have the authority to die. Anybody has that authority. You can step in front of a bullet for somebody if you want to. But the next thing he said is crazy. He said, I have the authority to die and I have the authority to undie. <laughs> I have the authority to come back to life. When he said that, you can look on in the, in the passage, it actually said the people sitting there hearing him, they thought he was insane. He's crazy. No one has that kind of authority. Jesus does. This shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. So how, do, how does he give life? He gives life by giving his own life. I always want to make room for those who are with us today who are not yet Christians. Maybe you're, you're just listening in, you're checking things out, you're exploring who is Jesus, you're thinking about, you know, why do these people care that much about Jesus? Why are they so crazy about, about Jesus? Well, I want you to know you're always welcome here. We want you to listen. We want you to connect. We want you to plug in. Um, I was actually involved in church and listening in church settings for several years before I really came to grip uh, the, the, 
the person and work of Jesus Christ before he got a hold of me. I was there listening for several years. So maybe that's you today. And I just want to say to you, um, this is good news. It's what we call the gospel, and it's good news. You probably need good news today. If you look at Fox News or you look at CNN or MSNBC, there's not much good news today. A lot of bad news. But here's good news. The good news is this. Jesus came to give you life. The only way that's possible is if he gives his own life. Because Jesus was absorbing in his body all of the wrath of God towards sin. It was all poured out on Christ. Jesus absorbed it all on the cross. He died. Three days later, he rose from the dead, just like he promised. And now he says to us, if any of you believe, you can come in and out and find green pasture. I've come that you may be saved. That's what he's come to do, is to give life. He gives life by giving his own life. And thirdly, from this text, lastly, Jesus gathers his sheep. Now, this is um, a crazy point, but I want us to read verse 16 again. Chapter 10, verse 16 says, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them in also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. So Jesus is speaking to a mainly Jewish audience. Almost 100% of the people there are Jews. And he's talking to them in terms they're going to understand. He's talking to them about shepherds and kings and sheep. and It's their language, right? These people are actually very familiar with a shepherd king. King David, right? He was the shepherd boy made king He's their hero. He's the one they champion. They love. They, they actually know that God's promise is to extend the throne, the kingship of David's line forever. And so they're listening to this, this potential king, Jesus, as he says, I am the good shepherd. They're like, yeah, oh yeah, a shepherd king. We know this promise. That's right. And then Jesus drops a bomb on them. He says, here's the thing though. I have sheep that are not of this fold. And what does he mean when he says that? Jesus means, I didn't just come to be a king of the Jews. I want to be the king of the world. He says, I have sheep that are not of this fold. You know, King David was that shepherd king. He's the one who wrote, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, right? Well, here's Jesus saying, I am the shepherd and I'm welcoming in sheep that are not of this fold. So here's what you need to know. It's one flock. Jesus is building a kingdom and it's one flock. Jesus is welcoming you. There's no ethnic qualification. There's no racial standard. There's no economic prerequisite. None of that. Jesus is building a kingdom that's going to blow our minds in terms of its diversity and it's going to swell our hearts in terms of its unity. Get that. Jesus is building one flock that's going to be beautifully unified diversity. That's the kingdom of God. Now here's the thing. You become a sheep under Jesus' care 
not by way of your race or your ethnicity or how much money you have. That has nothing to do with it. You come into the flock of Jesus Christ by way of mercy and grace. In 1 Peter 2, verse 10, that's exactly what he says. He says, you once were not a people, but now you are a people. You once had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Here's the thing. We may not have had anything in common until we found the mercy of Jesus Christ. And now we have everything in common. We are one flock in Jesus's uh, flock. We are one flock. And then the Bible says there is one shepherd. And by that, what Jesus means is that he is the only way. There is no other way. There's no other shepherd. There is no other way. The only other option is a thief. He steals, kills, and destroys. But the shepherd, the shepherd gives life. There's no other way to life except through Christ. In a few more verses, he's going to make that statement super clear when he says in John 14, verse 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So I want to encourage you this morning. First of all, Jesus gives life. Secondly, he gives life by giving his own life. And lastly, he is gathering a people for himself, for his glory and for our good. So I want to invite you to worship the shepherd today. There's really two responses. I'm going to ask you guys, if you will, uh, to make your way back. But two responses to this message. First of all, if you are part of the flock of Jesus, worship him today. Thank him for being such a good shepherd who loves you, cares for you, tends to your need, died for you. All those things. Worship Christ for who he is. And secondly, if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, if you're not yet a Christian, this is the time to give your life to Christ, to trust him as the good shepherd. I want to um, finish just by reading the psalm and uh, we're going to sing a little bit more just in, in response in worship together. But I want to read Psalm 23. I just want to read these words to us uh, this morning. David writes, he says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.